It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Ross Christ. What's happening, Southeastern Ohio? It is Ross Christ. And this is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. Welcome to today's show. We're with you up until 7 o'clock, a full hour show. What are we going to be talking about? We're going to try to fit it all in because there's a lot happening in the world of sports. The Reds got beat yesterday 7-4 to in the desert. Carl's going to break this one down for us. What went wrong for the big red machine? And also, we're going to preview tomorrow night's matchup versus the Brewers at 6.40 p.m. You can listen to all the action here on 97.1 WATH. Following that, we're going to have a special guest help us break down tonight's game six between the Warriors and the Celtics. It's do or die time for the Celtics. Can they get it done? The Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing, and the Avs are up 1-0 over the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions Tampa Bay Lightning, thanks to an overtime goal last night. We will look at that matchup. The U.S. Open is underway from the country club in Brookline, Massachusetts. It's not a good day for lefty. He's at seven over through 13 holes. We'll get you all the live scores as they come into the studio. We have some big World Cup news. If you are a soccer fan, big news because the cities, the host cities for North America, Canada, America, and Mexico just came out, and we will get you all of the host cities. And, of course, we're going to have our trivia question of the day and our sure-fire hot for all you gamblers to make some money before the weekend. Before I introduce my co-host, I want to get to our trivia question of the evening because I always like to see him pick his brain because he is quite a bright guy. But I'm going to put it out to you, Southeastern Ohio. If you know this one, feel free to dial in 740-592-6646. The phone lines are open. Tonight's trivia question, I will give more clues throughout the show. Mac product. From Toledo University, wide receiver Matthew Cherry played a season for the Bengals in 2004 and a season for the Ravens in 2006 as a wide receiver. But what is he best known for? 740-592-6646. And that leads me to introduce to you the man who is in the hot seat because he has the right hot picks for the surefire hot picks of the evening, Mr. Carl Blaylock. Carl, how are we doing? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Now, Carl, I have to give you some props here. The last show we did together, I thought the Pirates were going to snap the streak. They were on an eight-game losing streak against going against the St. Louis Cardinals, and they got absolutely thumped. However, you kept our listeners hanging in there, kept their bank accounts up because you had the right pick. So, bravo, my friend. I mean, the, the key for me is just going, okay, what my gut says and go the exact opposite of that. Because the first, before that, I was 0 for 4 on the last ones. So I broke that. I broke my skid, unlike the Pirates who couldn't do that. <laughs> I still don't think they've done that. Uh, but, I mean, you just, you just, if you have a gut feel, you go the opposite of it. And for me, it worked. Now, I'm, I am very um, happy that you have been kind of scribing down, notarizing our picks. So let's just kind of recap to the listeners how we're doing so far. Well, Ross is 4-2 and two, uh, on the May 31st show. That was the first day we started doing okay. this. May 31st, you lost because you took over 8.5 in the Pirates-Dodgers game. So you, I think your problem is you're choosing the Pirates. Don't choose the <laughs> Pirates, dude. <laughs> Don't 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 touch the pirates. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had Abs Oilers over seven. That was a good one. That was a good one. That, I mean, I think yeah. Colorado got that themselves. Goals. Yeah. Uh, and then you had Tom Brady wins the match. W. I lost because I I figured Tampa Bay would win game one. They did not. Uh, it, we have not both won or both lost one of them. So I mean. You know, if the listeners want to spread their bets and bet on both of them. That's your bet. So far, I mean, you're guaranteed to get one of them, only one of them, but one of them. Yes. I mean, well, I mean, it's it's like a wave betting, isn't it? And right now, maybe I'm 
starting to cool down on my hot streak, and maybe you're starting to heat up. So we're going to see where you go tonight with your pick. I have a bit of an idea of where I'm going to go, and uh, hopefully we can both be right for the first time. But one thing I do think you know more than most on is the Cincinnati Reds, which leads us into yesterday's game, which was a matinee performance. I believe first pitch was at 340 out in the desert, going against the Diamondbacks, a team that the Red Machine played no little than two weeks ago in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, Carl, it did not go the Reds' way. They lost this one 7-4. to four. Ramirez picked up the win. Warren picked up the loss, and uh, I think he was just out there for barely an inning. Um, but, you know, the Reds showed some, showed some life there. The bats came alive, but they really couldn't hold on there. So, I mean, what went wrong yesterday for the big red machine? Uh, well, to start out, it was Castillo and, let's see, what was the, it was Castillo. He played against Zach Gallon. Uh, both of them, it, it, this was a game of punch and counterpunch. The Reds punched first, scoring two in the top of the second, and then Arizona responded immediately in the bottom of the second, and then the pitchers, the, it was a pretty good pitching performance after that. And then in the eighth, uh, the Reds got to, well, it wasn't even like the Reds got to, Brandon Drury. And I'll circle back to him after I recap the game. Uh, I'll circle back to him, and then I'll circle back to Art Warren and best David player. Bell as well. But would you, would you, he's, he's best been, player? He's been incredible. Yeah. He, he's, been, he's been incredible. He is, he's added to the list of the Reds. They've picked up quite a few decent guys, kind of like kind of off the scrap heap type guys, guys who, you know, aren't doing that much. They've got a good track record of that lately. I mean, one of my favorite players to ever don a Reds jersey uh, back in 2017, Scooter Jeanette. That, he started that streak to where Scooter Jeanette, you know, he, he shows up. You know, he, we don't expect much out of him. And he ends up, you know, by, by about the end of May, you're sitting there like this guy should start every single day. He had uh, June 6, 2017. I think that's probably my favorite moment that I have witnessed the Reds do. I witnessed, I got to watch that four home run game. It was incredible. I, I still somewhere have a Scooter Jeanette shirt. I'm not sure how well it fits me, but I still have a Scooter Jeanette shirt somewhere around i mean it is you know scooter was great and then after we lost scooter i think we traded him to the giants i don't know who all we got in that trade but i don't think that was that good of a trade for either of us um because i mean scooter was almost an all-star he might actually was he an all-star in 2018 i don't remember exactly but either way scooter was incredible and then you had Derek dietrich the year after we kind of just picked him up off a of scrap heap and you know he ended up being pretty decent. I mean, obviously, everyone remembers that day he got out in that beekeeping. He got out in a beekeeping uniform. They had a, a bee delay. What? At, they had a bee delay at Great American Ballpark. Uh, I, this might have actually been the same day where they were wearing those cutoff uniforms, one of the be most beautiful uniforms I'd ever seen. It was during our throwback season. But uh, <laughs> they, uh, what they ended up doing is... He goes out like, you know, they have a bee delay. There's some bees over like in a camera pit or something like that. They don't want to start the game without them being like, you know, properly disposed of. He gets into a beekeeping suit. He's sitting there with the steamer and like the net or whatever they use beekeeping wise. And he's just sitting up there and he's, he's sitting there and he's putting the steam and trying to catch the bees. And it was, it was incredible. Double employment. Jack Double of all trades. Yes, it was. And so the Reds, I mean, over, over the COVID years, they didn't really find anybody with that, which that's understandable. There wasn't really much of an opportunity to pick up those scrap heap type guys. But um, Drury's back to that, you know, the Reds just finding somebody out there and picking them up, which is very nice. And he, he tied the game in the eighth. But then David Bell brought in Art Warren. And Art Warren was one of our better relievers last year. He's actually up by my neck of the woods. I believe he's a Napoleon High School grad, uh, which is about, it's about near BG-ish. I think like okay. 20 miles west of Bowling Green. Uh, but anyways, he, 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 he was one of our better relievers last year, which I, I mean, he's, he's a decent reliever. He's not incredible. But he'll get the job done. You know, he, he was way too high on what, we're, what we need him for because our, just our ownership doesn't, you know, 
touch picking up bullpen pieces with a 20-foot pole, but uh, he he struggled in yesterday's game. He gave up eight runs, only made it a, a third of an inning. Uh, no walks, at least, but he he struggled. He struggled mightily in it. He given up, yeah. obviously, giving up four runs, putting that game out of that, out of reach. You can't have that out of your reliever coming in. I mean, that you could single-handedly say he kind of lost the game. Yeah, you know. So and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's not I, I don't blame as much Art Warren because I mean there's some things yes he showed a lot of promise last year and stuff but he he has kind of not been incredible this year he's only he's got a two and three record but I mean you look a little bit deeper you look a little bit deeper and uh, his uh, season average I'm pulling up right now he has a 7.66 ERA which uh not good. Well, you got something out of the old-timers last night because Votto and Moustakas both chipped in with a hit. I think Moustakas um, actually brought in Votto as well. Moustakas coming back from yeah, I, I was surprised. So, Moustakas has actually done stuff the yeah, last few days. He's earning that big, chunky salary. And Votto, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's kind of coming back here since his little COVID scare. We'll see. Let's, let's just have a quick listen in to last night. This is Peralta. And this is when things started to go south for the Reds. There's a base hit for Peralta. Rojas going to run through the sign. And he is safe. Tony Parashika held up the stop sign. Rojas did not stop. He came on home. And Peralta has given the Diamondbacks the lead right back. A better throw might have had him, but Josh is across with run number four. Up earlier, has now sat down. Perdomo in his center. Peralta's home. Pavin is in at third. And it's a three-run Diamondbacks eighth inning. Three a three-run inning put it away for the Reds. They lost last night to the D-backs, seven to four. Carl, I hate to break your heart here, but... I don't know if you knew this, and I, I certainly didn't, but I was just looking at the standings. If they would have won last night, guess what, Carl? They would have been above the Cubs. You would have been above this, the Cubs. And who would have thought that two months ago? I'll tell you, nobody. Oh, yeah. No, Absolutely nobody. The Chicago Cubs, in all their glory and all their history and their payroll, are now on a 10-game skid, 23-40, and 40, tied at the bottom with the Cincinnati Reds, which leads me into the next segment because tomorrow night going against a central division opponent in Milwaukee at 640 you can listen to all the action here on WATH Brewers are coming to town there to take on the Reds Reds are at home the Brewer is throwing up Eric Lauer the lefty who's having a nice season at five and two and a guy I really like I've been telling you about him Carl because I, I tuned into the game last week and I told you I'm surprised this guy hasn't asked for a trade, even though his, his win-loss record doesn't reflect what I think of him. But Hunter Green goes to the mound, a guy I, I cherish for the Reds. With Hunter, the big righty going up there against a divisional opponent, a chance to get out of the bottom before the All-Star break, you got to think this will ignite the big red machine. I, hopefully, you, you would think, I mean... Green's been incredible on his last few starts. I mean, uh, the ERA that you see on there, I mean, what is it? It's a 5.10, and 7 record. Two bad games, though. Two bad games, and then no run support amounts for all the losses. Yeah. He, he, he's really figured things out the last few starts, and, I mean, that's he is going to be a bright spot, uh, bright spot here. Now, I don't think he's going to get traded, and if he gets traded, it's not going to be for a few more years, Ross. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. If they do, I don't know what I'm going to do. But um, he, he's looked really good the last few times out. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to use that. I mean, the, the big thing is for the Reds is uh, try to use as little of the bullpen as possible. <laughs> and, and that's something that, like, it was incredible. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the game uh, Tuesday night, but that was a wild game. Uh, one of the best pitching performances I've seen out of Tyler Molly. One of the problems I've always had with Tyler Molly 
was the fact that he couldn't, he, he, he didn't have any length. He would get you five innings, maybe six, but he couldn't get you any farther. You know, he, he, he had a little bit of problems with getting ahead in the counts and stuff like that. You know, he, he would make way too many pitches. Compared to, I mean, he, he went nine shutout innings, a two-hit ball, 12 strikeouts on Tuesday night. It, it was incredible, uh, of course. And then you get to the Reds' bullpen, though. You get to the Reds' bullpen and extra innings of that game, and you go from absolutely scoreless to they gave up three runs in two innings, albeit the first one is just because of the ghost runner. But, I mean, in the 11th inning, there was no excuse. There was no excuse. I mean, the first, the ghost runner, yeah, sure, whatever. That's an automatic run. The second one was dumb. I believe, I believe they hit a triple, uh, the Diamondbacks did, and, and then we had, like, two straight wild pitches to bring in the other run to tie the game. And it was, you know, you, you just you can't, you can't do that. And that's been the problem is the Reds' bullpen. And not necessarily some of the arms of the Reds' bullpen, but how they're being utilized. They're, it's been very clear uh, by David Bell so far that the Reds don't have a set closer. No. He brings in whomever he wants, David Bell does. And I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think Alexis Lopez should be the closer. Do you think that's like kind of new age analytics type of thing? where we're starting to see uh, things change in the game of baseball, such as shifts, um, such as, you know, pitchers on pitch counts and stuff like that? Or do you just think it's because the Reds are just having a crummy season? I think it's it's because of, A, incompetence by the manager. Wow. And I I mean, because, okay, if if you have, uh, there's only two situations where you should be having a closer by committee. Either you have that many good arms, like uh, I'm trying to think, for example, the Royals back in their heyday, 2014-2015, you know, those really good, you know, those really, really good bullpens, or the, uh, or the 2016 Cleveland, the, the Guardians, back in 2016, they had, what, you had Cody Allen, Brian Shaw, and Andrew Miller, all three could close the game. That's the only reason why you should have a closer by committee, either because it's that good or your bullpen is that bad. And David Bell, to his, I mean, our, the Reds' bullpen is not that good. I'm not going to sit there and defend the Reds' bullpen. But some of the situations that um, Bell throws people out into, and he's been doing this for, he, he did this last year. I remember the Reds' game I went to last year. They played the Twins. It was in early August. Uh, Molly was on the mound. Molly went five innings. Then you had, they brought in Luis Sessa, Garrett, and I don't remember who else it was. They, they brought in three pitchers, though. I love Garrett. Oh, yeah, Garrett. He's with the Angels, I believe, now. Absolutely. Yes, I believe he's with the Angels. But either way, he, and then at the end of it all, he brings in Sean Doolittle to close the night. And to me... That makes no sense. Well, it makes no sense to do that because what ended up happening is he serves a meatball, they hit a three-run home run, Reds lose the game. And you, you, you see it again. You've seen it time and time again. That's what happened with Art Warren. Art Warren's a good p- pitcher, decent pitcher enough at least sometimes, but you can't sit there and throw him when the game is on the line. And I, I get that there's, you know, the Reds have a, a not that many arms and stuff, but there's been sometimes he'll bring in Hunter Strickland to try to get a save at Great American Ballpark, and it's blown up in his face because Hunter Strickland is well past his prime. You know, he, he was good in 2014. I think he's, he fell off after he got into that fight with Bryce Harper on Memorial Day. Well, the Reds will try to turn it around tomorrow night. You can tune into this one here on WATH 97.1 for all the action and pregame and postgame action. First game, first pitch. Against the Brew Crew at Great American will be at 640. Elsewhere across the MLB today, today, excuse me, at Fenway, the Red Sox hosted the Athletics. They couldn't catch any of the U.S. Open magic, and they lost to the Athletics 4-3. The Padres beat up on the Cubs, sending the Cubs to their 10th loss in a row. They won 6-4, the Padres did. The Orioles beat up on the Blue Jays 10-2 in Toronto. The Guardians, for all you Cleveland fans, 
one against the Rockies at Coors Field, four to two. At seven o'clock, at seven o five tonight, the Phillies head to the nation's capital to take on the Nationals. At seven o five, the Tampa Bay Rays take on the Yankees. Rob Manfred today said Tampa Bay needs to get their act in gear and start figuring out a solution for the Rays Stadium. Else, otherwise, they might leave town. The Brewers take on the Mets in the Big Apple at 7:10. Also at 7:10, the Rangers take on the Tigers, and at 10:10. The late game, the Angels head up north to T-Mobile Park to take on the Mariners. Want to get you some soccer news real quick. Just read this one off before we go to the break and break down the NBA Game 6 Finals tonight. FIFA has announced the 16 World Cup cities in North America to host the matches for the 2026 World Cups. 11 venues in the United States, 3 in Mexico and two in Canada. So the cities are as follows for all you soccer nuts. New York, New Jersey, MetLife, SoFi in LA, AT&T Stadium in Dallas, San Francisco Bay Area, Levi Stadium, Miami, The Hard Rock, Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Seattle at Lumen Field, Houston at NRG Stadium, Philly at Lincoln Financial, Kansas City at Arrowhead, Boston at Gillette. Cities Officially selected in Mexico and Canada, down in Mexico. Estadio Akron in Guadalajara, in Monterrey, Estadio BBVA, Vancouver. In Mexico City, Estadio Azteca, one of the greatest stadiums in the world. Up north in Toronto at BMO Field and in Vancouver at BC Palace. Let's not forget our trivia question of the evening. Feel free to dial in if you think you know this one to be the smartest man or woman in southeastern Ohio. I say that, and I'm going to give you that question when we come after a break. When we come back, we're going to break down the NBA playoffs with a very special guest. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split second, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. <laughs> Welcome back, Sports Nuts. Ross and Carl with you up until 7 o'clock. The trivia question of the evening, feel free to dial in 740-592-6646. Mac product from Toledo University, wide receiver Matthew Cherry, played a season for the Bengals in 2004 and for the Ravens in 2006. But what is he best known for? Carl, you have any idea on that one? Um... Oh, with the Google search, yes. Okay, with the Google search, yes. We can't accept the Google search yeah. answer. Your next clue to all you listeners out there, I want you to think California. Okay, so that leads me to my next segment, because the team in California could be wrapping up the NBA Finals, because the Warriors are taking on the Celtics. They lead this series 3-2. to two. Tip-off tonight is at... 9 o'clock, the Celtics are favored in this game by 3.5. Now, we're always looking for help here in the WATH studio. And you, if you think you have what it takes to come on air with Ross and Carl, please do get in touch because the more the merrier, we definitely need the help, and we can use as many voices as we can in this studio. Feel free to get in touch with me at Ross Talks on Instagram and Twitter if that is something you might be interested in. But we have a very special guest to help us break down tonight's game. He's the former captain of Swarthmore College. He scored 1,238 points for his alma mater, which is good for 12th all-time. He also doubles as my brother-in-law. Let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Jay Cober. Jay, how you doing today, buddy? 
Oh, wonderful. Thanks for having me on, Ross. Carl, great to meet you. Well, Jay, before we start to break down this series, I need to know a really, really important question. Is anyone in my immediate family paying you to be married to my sister? Oh, well, you know, I can't divulge anything for contractual reasons, but, uh, you know, maybe at a later date when an NDA expires, uh, we can, we can uh, uh, broach this topic more critically. Well, you're doing God's work, my friend. Let's head to game six. Uh, it's the Warriors going against the Celtics. You know, Jay, this one's gone back and forth. Each team has showed some gut and some heart when the other team has won. It seems like the Warriors have been the favorite in this series, but the Celtics play as a team, and now they have their backs up against the wall, something that's already happened to them earlier in this playoffs. It's a must-win scenario at 9 o'clock tonight. How do you see this one shaping up? Oh, well, I think the key for the Celtics is going to be limiting turnovers, and that's sort of a buzzword, but there are two real ways uh, you do that. Their spacing has been poor, uh, allowing strong side guards like Curry and Poole and Thompson to, to dig in uh, when they drive to their right hand. They'll come in from the strong side and strip the ball away. And also Tatum, Brown, and Smart are about 10 times better when they go to their right hand. So the Warriors are sitting on top of that uh, on their drive. So when they go left, they have to dribble probe, uh, attack outside defenders, and then kick off of it at the three-point shooters, instead of just driving recklessly in there, leaving their feet, throwing up sort of errant shots. Yep. I, way to break that one down. A lot of X's and O's in there. That certainly uh, helps our listening audience. Before I throw it over to Carl for one, I want to just put Steph Curry in the spotlight here, Jay. As a man that's played the game at a high competitive level, if Steph Curry gets it done tonight and wins his fourth NBA title, can we officially call him the best point guard of all time? Well, I think that's a, a difficult question. I think that you have to look. Uh, his, his competitors there would be Magic Johnson, who I think has uh, four or five titles with the Lakers, uh, Stockton, uh, and then someone maybe like Isaiah Thomas. But, but I, I do believe that uh, if Curry wins this one, mainly because the supporting cast has been so lackluster, uh, Thompson's not the player he used to be because of the knee injuries. Uh, Draymond Green uh, is now maybe more of a podcaster <laughs> than an NBA player. Uh, and, and the guys like Poole and Wiggins, they're sort of mercurial. They, they waffle back and forth in terms of uh, uh, th their production. So, yeah, I think that Curry has definitely a legitimate claim to the best point guard of all time. He's definitely the best shooter of all time. I, I don't know if I would say that uh, he's the best point guard of all time uh, skills-wise, but I would say he is the most influential point guard of all time. I think he's already cemented that. Uh, something that I always think of uh, when we're talking about this is the fact that, and I, I grew up, this is, I got into uh, basketball in 2015. The first finals I ever watched was 2015. So watching that... Uh, watching that first series i mean i remember uh you know i remember curry making that half court shot at the end of uh the third quarter against the grizzlies one night in the playoffs i remember watching that and going like this guy's good he completely changed the game for all of us you know instead of sitting there and doing our fade fadeaways like like we were kobe suddenly we're sitting about 40 50 feet away from the hoop saying curry i mean and then and, and that's just the way that uh, it is. So I, I, I don't know if he'd be the best point guard of all time. With he, he is good. He's definitely top ten of the point guards of all time. I don't know if he has a stake to the best point guard of all time, even like looking at titles or anything like that. I don't think skill-wise he is as, like, as well-rounded and good of a point guard as other people, but he is by far, I think, the most influential point guard of all time. Well, Jay, tonight at 9 o'clock, we can tune into this one on ABC. The tip-off will happen between the Warriors and the Celtics. We love a prediction on this show, Jay. So which way do you see this going? Do the Celtics have one more in them? Can they force the game seven? Oh, no, I think this one's over. <clears throat> I think it'll probably be a double-digit win for the Warriors. I think uh, Robert Williams uh, is, is done. His, his impact on these... Uh, on, on this series has been uh, 
sort of stagnant the last few games. They've drawn him away from the basket, gotten him in difficult matchups. Al Horford's looking every bit of 36 years uh, of age. He needs to get sort of an infusion of uh, some sort of secret sauce down in Gainesville to bring back his, his, his Florida <laughs> days. But, uh, yeah, I think this one's largely over. I think what's really been exposed is the Celtics don't have a natural point guard. Uh, uh, Marcus Smart is a defensive player and more of a wing. Adam and Brown uh, are wings. They don't have people to get them in proper positions, and it sort of just ends up every possession with Tatum and Brown going downhill. They've tried to go to the right hand. They're really shading them left now, and that seems like sort of a triviality, like talking about uh, elementary school basketball, where you've got to force these right-handed guys left. But it makes a difference uh, at every level because guys are much more, much more adept uh, at one way or the other, and the Warriors have figured that out to, to, to their credit. Well, he certainly has the brains in the family, so if you think uh, the Warriors have a shot, certainly Jay does as well. So that might be the, the, the team to put your money on tonight. Jay, before we let you go, I mentioned it when we did your intro here. You were a standout for Swarthmore College. For our listeners out there that might not know where Swarthmore is, where is Swarthmore? What division do you play in? Who's your conference? And who's that one team that you just hate playing every year? Oh, so Swarthmore is located in southeastern Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, they've built an excellent program for their level. They play in the Centennial Conference. Uh, the head coach, incidentally, was a great player at Davidson College uh, and was an assistant coach there and did some recruiting of one Stephen Curry. Wow. Uh, he wasn't, uh, so there's sort of a, uh, an overlap there between us and Davidson College, which is why I'm pulling for the Warriors there. But Johns Hopkins is the chief rival of Swarthmore, and the coach of Johns Hopkins was an excellent player at Swarthmore. So there's a lot of uh, kind of ancestral things going on here between the Warriors, Swarthmore, and Hopkins. Uh, but it's a, it's a wonderful league. Gets, gets top-tier players, guys who are just sort of not good enough to play in the Ivy League or the Patriot League. They come to, they come to those schools, and you get some excellent basketball. So if you're ever in southeastern Pennsylvania, go out to Tarble Pavilion, check out the Swarthmore Garnet. You'll see my name on a banner there that the thousand point scores. Take a picture and send it to my wife because sometimes she doesn't believe I'm that good. <laughs> I certainly believe you're that good. Jay, thanks for taking the time to enlighten us on what's going to happen tonight in the NBA Finals. We're going to have you back on here shortly. Say hi to my nephew for me. I will. Thanks, Ross. Thanks, Carl. Good to meet you, buddy. Jay Cober, you know, you can clearly see... Maybe this broadcasting thing runs in the family a little bit, Carl. He said he wanted to come on and break down a bit of basketball. Over a 1,000-point score in college. Broke down the X's and O's for us. And he says the Warriors will get it done. Agree? Disagree? I think agree. As much as I would love this series to go seven games, uh, I, I, do, I do disagree with him a little bit about Horford looking his age. I think Horford's looked incredible for, you know, 36, but it's been about everybody else. Yeah, he, he had a bad last game. He did have, he did have a rough game last right. game. He had a rough game last game, but... I, 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 the thing with that is, again, if it wasn't for the fact that Curry had a bad game. Like, Curry had a terrible game last game. 16 points, though. Six, okay, 16 you know, points. He didn't make a three. Yeah, he didn't make a three. That's un, Curry that's had a bad game for Curry. Yes. But for, an, for any other NBA point guard, to get 16 points and have your other teammates get scoring double digits, it's good. It's just He's just like a mega star. So when he's not a mega star and he's a pedestrian, it's bad. But I, I agree with you on that. We're going to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, well, what should we talk about? Well, how about NHL? You down with Stanley Cup, sure. Carl? Yes. All right, we're going to break down the NHL when we come back. I promised you the trivia question of the evening. I'm going to say it one more time, except I'm going to give you one more cue, clue. Matthew Cherry was a Toledo product, a Mac product. He played wide receiver there. He also played for the Bengals, and he played for the Ravens in the NFL. That's not his greatest accomplishment. His greatest accomplishment happened... In California, and it has to do with awards. 740-592-6646. When we come back, we're going to break down game one and look forward to game two of Lord Stanley Cup's playoffs. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH. 
for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of the United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able-bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers-by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then, start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. I'm always surprised by some of the bumpers we got in here. This is phenomenal. We got Alien Ant Farm's version of Smooth Criminal. How about that? <laughs> well, Alien Ant Farm. Are they, are they still around? I know you're on the music side of things as well, Carl, so... Uh, I don't think they are, but okay. I, I, I remember finding that one. I've always preferred that version, believe it or not. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Michael Jackson's. I, I would much rather have that one. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Michael Jackson, and it's not because of his musical talent as well. Um, but let's get back to the sports, because last night we had game one of Lord Stanley Cup's playoffs. The beards are getting longer. The wives and girlfriends are probably getting angrier. But the hockey is getting better. Because we had a great fight last night. Golly. These NHL playoffs, these Stanley Cup playoffs, have been nothing short of spectacular. Game in, game out, series in, series out. Just back and forth hockey. Great goals, no love lost, big hits. Some excellent stuff. But the Abs got it done last night against the Lightning. The Lightning come in as the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Been there, done that. The Abs, a young team, but a fast team. And boy, last night, I watched this one, Carl, and I was glued to the television. The Abs look so much faster than the Lightning. Oh, it's because that's the way they're built. They're built to be this fast, well-oiled machine. And the problem has been they've been struggled to keep stay well-oiled through the playoffs. But they finally got to the point where they found enough balance. Because I think the point is you've got to find enough balance in hockey to where you have that speed, but you also have that strength. And the problem being that the Avs have had the speed, but they've never been able to put the strength together until now. Compared to... The Lightning are more your old-fashioned type. Well, not quite old-fashioned, but the typical 2010-2020 hockey-type team where you got the perfect, you got, you're still bulky, but you got the speed, and you got, I believe their the philosophy is to crash the net. I'm not, don't quote me on that, though. Yeah. But they, they are very good at getting second-chance opportunities, and they're all anchored by a great goalie in net. And that's something that they've used for the last two years to win the Stanley Cup title. They made some changes after getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets after winning the, after winning the President's Trophy and then falling flat on their face in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs. They've really changed around. They changed the whole chemistry of the team. They changed a little bit of their tactics. And since then, they've been pretty much unstoppable. Yet last night, they were stopped finally by the Avalanche, but it took overtime. Yes, it did. It did take overtime. Uh, and it was a couple minutes into overtime. I believe it was like the eight-minute mark. No, I, I think it was only like a minute, 23. Oh, was it? Okay, my yeah. bad. My apologies for that one. Let's actually, let's have a quick listen in to Andre Burkowski's winning goal for the Avs. Here's Machuska with room right down low. And blocked out high by McDonough. Here's Pilat. With Kucherov trailing, right in the slot, dangles around, and they score! Palat tips it in, as we saw the brilliance of Kucherov to set it up. Apologies there. That's the lightning getting on the board in the first period. That's why I said a couple minutes into it, I was looking at the wrong time there. So, anyways, 
Last night's game, back and forth game, went into overtime. Avalanche get it done. To me, it looked like the Avalanche were the better team. The score reflects the game because for much of that game, the Avalanche were in the driver's seat. However, Tampa Bay in the second scored very quickly, one after another, two quick goals. And then it all came crumbling down in overtime for the Lightning. Game two will be Saturday. I believe this one's in Colorado, right, Carl? Yep, still in Colorado. Still in Colorado. Saturday, 8 o'clock on ABC. I'll be watching this one because if these NHL playoffs have told me anything, it is that it will be an exciting matchup. Some other news coming out of the NHL I just wanted to pick your brain about here, Carl. The Philadelphia Flyers and Torts agree to a four-year deal. Good signing for them? Eh. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Tortorella's style is kind of nearing its life expectancy in the NHL. I mean, we're talking about the Avalanche, where they're fast and they're quick and they run around the ice and everything like that. Compared to Tortorella's style is more, you know, everybody does the dirty work. And, you know, th that, that's good and all, but you don't know how far that's going to get. And it kind of rubs a lot of the stars the wrong way. I mean, you look at... Columbus, I mean, A, Columbus is not the incredible city. You know, you compare Columbus to Las Vegas or New York or Miami, you know, nobody's going to want to really go there uh, for the nightlife and stuff. I, I don't mind it. I'm sure plenty of people around here don't mind it, but the superstars in the NHL, they probably want better places. And it doesn't help when you have a coach who's sitting there pretty much writing you the entire time to do all these things. Superstars aren't going to want to come to Columbus for that. And so with Philly... Uh, with Philly, Tortorella's got something a bit more with that. But, I mean, you look at Tortorella's career pretty much entirely, he has always had a shelf life. He's always had a shelf life as a coach. Like, even some of his most successful years were with Tampa Bay back in the early 2000s. But even then, I mean, he got fired, you know, about a year or two after they won the Cup there. And, I mean, he, he's bounced all around. He made it to Vancouver. He was there in Vancouver, took them to a Cup, then got fired a few years later after that. I mean, he has a shelf life. And, I mean, he is good. I mean, we saw it in Columbus. You know, he can, he can take your team places. You can go places with Tortorella. I don't think you make it all the way to the cup final anymore, but he will put you to the playoffs, and he is the voice that uh, the Flyers desperately need at the moment. But at the same time, you know, he, he, he's going to have a shelf life. So he'll be good for those four years. Don't try to extend him. Don't try to keep anything with it because I think after those four years, He's pretty much done. Yeah, and he's had he's had his fair share of international hockey as well. I just remember watching the World Cup of Hockey, and I believe he was, um, I think he was the head coach in 2016. I could be wrong with that, but we'll see where this one goes. Philadelphia definitely needs a change in direction because it's been a while since that seems been pretty relevant. Okay, when we come back, Carl, the hot man, the man who's making you money is going to tell him his surefire hot pick of the evening, and I will as well. McDonald's has an ice-cold drink for my afternoon vibe. Like that, let's hit the river with a new ice-cold frozen Coke or frozen Fanta vibe. Or that hiking in the mountains with a McCafe iced coffee to keep me going vibe. They're all just $1.79 for any size, any flavor. Or I've always got a sweet tea for that chillin' on the porch vibe. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer of combo meal. Coca-Cola and Fanta are registered trademarks of the Coca-Cola company. Dee Jones is an exceptional artist whose beautiful artwork is here at our store, a work of heart in Grand Central Mall. She has painted pieces covering all areas, farm, country, bear, deer, horses, pigs, sheep, goats, barn, tractors, seasons such as winter, spring, summer, and fall. She pretty much has done it all, and you can find it here at our store. Our local artists personalize many items that we sell with names and dates. We also have laser engravers that can make the gift you pick out special by adding names and dates. Lost a loved one? We have many unique gifts that will help you treasure their memory. Our new lighted memory gifts are exceptional. We have special braided rugs that are now 20% off for a limited time. Come see us today at A Work of Heart in Grand Central Mall, Vienna, West Virginia, or shop online at aworkofheart.biz. Hey, it's Boots racing trucks, fixing trucks and cars, and trucking to the phone lines. We'll do it all this week. 
That's Auto Smarts Friday afternoon at 106 on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Smoke on the water. I think that's from our surefire hot picks. Maybe they're burning down something down by the Hocking River. Carl Blaylock, Ross Christ here with you and the Sports Fan just finishing it up. Our surefire hot picks. And for me, I, like I was talking about earlier in the show yesterday, or Tuesday, when we had our last show, I got it right because I sat there and I went, you know what? All right, my gut says over Yankees race. It's going to go over. I'm picking under. That's correct. I'm throwing the gut stuff out the window. Not today. When you can, when you can get points on Golden State, Golden State is the underdog in this game. You, uh, Golden State is the three-and-a-half-point underdogs. You take that any day of the week. I'm taking Golden State plus three and a half points. I love that pick. I absolutely love that pick. I wish I could make it mine, but I can't. You said it first, Carl, so I'm going to let you stand with it, but I really, really like that pick. You heard Jay Cooper come on here. He also thought the Warriors will get it done. There will not be a game seven. I'm hoping for an exciting game, but I really love that pick. I'm going to head to the baseball diamond. I haven't been really great at the baseball picks, but... I'm going to head to Nationals Park in our nation's capital. Phillies taking on the Nationals. I know the Nationals are at home in this one, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to take Philadelphia in this one. Philadelphia gets it done against the Nationals. Mark that one down. Scribe, Carl, I know you've been keeping track. When we come back after the weekend, I hope it's the very first time that you and I are both correct as you said we haven't both been wrong and we haven't been both correct in the same time but we're going to keep track of these picks for you for all of you keeping track at home let's get to our trivia question of the evening i made it too hard i guess but matthew cherry played football at akron in the mac i think i might have said toledo one of the times i'm sorry about that he also played professional football for the cincinnati Bengals in 2004 and 2006 he played wide out for the Baltimore Ravens, but he's most notably known for what? Your clues are, think California, think award. And he is a 2019 Academy Award winner for directing the animated short film, Hair Love. There you go, Carl. I gave you something to watch this weekend. It has a tie to sports, so maybe you can break it down for us come Monday morning. Are you a movie guy? Uh, a little bit of a movie guy. We've been, we've been trying to do, I've been hanging out with a lot of my buddies Sunday night. We've had Sunday night movie night. And like we, like we said, like we talked about earlier in the week, we were watching Hustle. We great watched movie. Hustle, that great movie. Oh, great movie. It. Netflix, watch it. Uh, but I don't know. I'll see, I'll see about that. I'll see if I can find it somewhere and watch it. I still got, I have quite a few movies I've got to watch. I, I will be fully honest, I have never watched The Lion King. What are you doing with your life? My I've friend? never watched. I, I mean, I just never. You're better than that. I've never had time to. I've never really had the whatever to watch it. I mean. You're in college. You have all the time in the world now. This is the time to sit down and veg out in front of a television. Because let me tell you, when the real world hits, someone will be saying, go do the dishes. Go cut the grass. Go pay some taxes. I want you to watch The Lion King. You will thank me later. I, I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it on TV. I've just never watched it the entire way through. I've watched. I've watched the end of it. I've watched the end of it. There was one, one day I was hanging out with my family. Uh, I think I got back from work or something, and I just came downstairs, and they were watching the end of The Lion King. And so I watched that. But, I, I, I mean, I've never, I, I've never really had, like, the whatever for it. I mean, I know what happens in the movie. I've heard it's good, but well, it's just like. I'm giving you eh. some homework. You have two weeks to complete the assignment. Watch The Lion King, Okay. Well, let's turn our attention real quick to the U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline, Mass. 
uh, some of the leaders from today. Canadian Adam Hadwin is alone, and he is your leader at four under. He's still out on the course, though. He's on 16. Callum Tarum from the United Kingdom, he's at three under. David Lingmurth, he's at three under. Rory McIlroy continues his hot streak on the golf course. Same with Joel Dahman. He played good his last couple tournaments. He does not hit the ball long, but he finished with the 67, which is good enough for three under. Matthew Duffy finished at three under. Matt Fitzpatrick Fitzy finished at three under. John Ram, last year's defending champion, is at one under. He's in the mix. Interesting thing happened to him on the last hole today. He hit his drive 301 yards, a little bit to the left, in front of what I would call about three or four-year-old boys. He picked up his ball and ran off with it. The PGA gave him a free drop. That's a pretty goofy story. And those toddlers. Yeah. Got to watch them around the balls, but he was all smiles afterwards. Ryan Foxy. I guess a an acquaintance of mine, best golfer to come out of New Zealand in some time. He's at five over. He needs to have a better day. He's on 15 right now. Everyone wants to know the question, where is Phil Mickelson? Well, Phil Mickelson is on 17 right now, and lefty is at seven over. It's a bad day for a lot of those LIV guys. Louis Ustazen, who's also an LIV, he's down there, too, at 7-over. Louis Ustazen, yep, you're right, 7-over. How did DJ do today? That's a good question. I'm going to get you that one. Dustin Johnston, another uh, live guy, he had a great day. Great day. Finished with a 68. That's good enough for 2-under. So, you know, doesn't work well for Phil, but... Dustin's getting it done. Bruce 17, Bryson DeChambeau, another LIV guy, big hitter, tied for 25th right now. He's at even par. It'll be interesting to see where the cut line is for this one. They'll release it, the projected cut line, with tomorrow. But that's basically all we have for you today. We, we jam-packed it here in an hour. Carl and I are not on the air tomorrow because, of course, the Brewers... We'll be traveling to Great American to take on the Reds. First pitch at 640, plus all the pregame. Then we're going to have the big weekend where I'll be watching Stanley Cup and the golf. I'm sure Carl will be all over the big red machine. And when we come back on Monday, we have a full show. It'll be me and Carl from 6 o'clock on Monday. That's all we have for you. For Carl Blaylock, I am Ross Christ. It's been a great show. We will see you on Monday.